0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of She Runs Trails. I am your host, Elements of Daisy, and today's guest we have Shelby, also known as Shel-Buzz- F. So it's S-H-E-L-B-Z-Z-F Shelby is an ultra runner She has done completed 6 FKTs Including the supported backbone trail And the unsupported backbone trail And just to blow your mind um, On the unsupported backbone trail She completed it in just a little over 15 hours guys A little over 15 hours And if you guys have been following me I actually recently did it for my birthday And I did it over 22 hours And I thought I was like like, really, really hard. So, uh, just so you guys put things in perspective of how amazing Shelby is. Um, she's also completed Havelina twice, Havelina uh, 100 miler twice. She did last year Cocodona 250. And now she's getting ready to run the speed project solo, which is a little close to 300 miles. So, uh, if you guys have any questions today, feel free to write them down in the chat below. I did want to share a quick picture of Shelby, just so you guys can have a little bit more on of who she is. Maybe, oh, I can't move myself. I think my face is covering her other face. Oh, my God. I didn't know that was going to happen. Um, but Shelby was actually not a runner. Um, she went, and I think a lot of people feel, and the reason I want to share this picture is because a lot of people feel like when they see others doing extraordinary things they're like oh well they were just born like that or or they're just talented or they're just gifted and this is actually Shelby back in 2011 so like 11 years ago and this is more of a picture of her of last year so more most recent picture and I just really want to share this that no she wasn't born this amazing she was born amazing she's an amazing person but she wasn't born with just like i'm up and running i'm talented i don't have to put the hard work and i'm just you know i could just run really fast and do all these amazing things so in today's um episode we're going to talk more about you know how did she get here where she is today so feel free to write down the comments below and today i'm also wearing my b t-shirt because so i just realized this so she has a shell Uh, let me stop sharing this real quick she has a shell and a b and next to her name and i was like why does she have a shell and her b well duh daisy shell b and i was like oh so i thought i would wear this b but anyways without further ado let's bring on shelby um for shelby feel free to write down in the comments below thank you everyone who's joined us today
1: Woo! hey Hey, shelby that was a beautiful intro. Oh my gosh. Thank you.
0: <laughs> You've done a lot.
1: <laughs> I have. Yeah. Twenty twenty-one was a big year for running and um, you know, looking at that picture, it took a long time to get to this point. So thank you for sharing that because uh it was a lot of hard work. I was not like born an ultra runner.
0: <laughs> and and I think that's very important because a lot of people when they see like, you know, people see the end result, right? It's kind of like the success. That's when you start getting noticed. You start getting attention and people are like, oh, you know, it's easy for her to do that. Like she just talented or gifted. And it's like, no, there's a lot of hard work. And I noticed in your ultra signup, you actually ran your first 50K in 2013. And then you ran, a, and then you had like a fit, like a six year gap kind of, where you didn't really do big races. And then you went to a 50 miler in 2019. Like share a little bit what happened during that time and what got you, to run that 50 miler in 2019
1: yeah it's funny because i didn't realize ultra sign up creeping was a thing until maybe last year at some point <laughs> point. and i looked at mine and in those 50ks i so i did the jpeak trail fest 50k twice once in 2013 which was also when i ran my first marathon and just sort of realized you know i'm trained uh i love the trails i love being outdoors um let's Throw on some extra miles there, and uh, I did that race in regular road shoes, so you know baby baby steps and I was just telling a story the other day of on that run at mile four some guy was like, if you're breathing this hard at mile four like you're not gonna finish and I finished with tears in my eyes and you know wanted to keep going after that, so yeah, those 50 Ks were a great start and then I really kind of was stuck on the marathon distance. I think that as runners, we sometimes set these little numbers goals in our heads and I liked challenging the Boston qualifying time. So I chipped away at that for a while and just, you know, with I'd take the summer off or take a winter off to ski, you know, it was never consistent training. So I'd say the last two years are the most consistent I've been with my running. Um, And so The 50-miler, though, came about, we were in the middle of a road trip. We were moving from Vermont to California, and I wasn't training for anything and wanted to be training for something. So I I picked a race in California, kind of, you know, looked ahead on the calendar and said, we're going to start putting some miles in while we're road tripping. And it was the North Face Endurance Challenge 50-miler. It got canceled that first year because of forest fire. So that postponed my uh, running a little bit. But I trained for it all the way through and then did it the next year and learned so much. Um, it's really fun going into a long distance uh fresh. You know, I didn't really have any goals. I was just the goal was to finish and finish strong. So, yeah. Well, what what was again. like
0: two top things that you remember that you really like stood out from that 50 miler experience that you kind of like, oh, and now you probably laugh about it. But like back then, which... No, you know, it happens. A lot of people, first time running, we make these mistakes, right?
1: Oh, and I made a big mistake on this one. So
0: um, I actually
1: made a wrong turn on the course. It was, uh, you know, I, as, a, as a runner, you should have your watch set with your root on it. Um, I did not. And I stopped at an aid station. I ate some chips, was really stoked on the salt. And then Went to go, looked at a volunteer and said, I'm going this way, right? And she was like, Yeah, turns out that was a point where the course, I was supposed to go straight and loop through and pick up my husband as a pacer and then come oh. back to that aid station and go that way. And so I missed that whole loop. And uh, yeah, I actually caught up to a coworker at the time who had started way, ha- like he was in the elite field, like he was. Yeah, but not supposed to be near him. Um, And realized (laughs) that I had actually gone seven miles off course. I mean, on course, but not where I was supposed to be at that time in the race. So um, big key learning there was. How how soon did you realize
0: you were at the you were like, like, how many miles did you run? Uh, I was probably
1: halfway through that segment, maybe three miles and I'm running downhill. I felt really good. And then Robbie, that coworker, came up behind me. And I just remember chasing him to the aid station. I got to the aid station and I said, I got to get, get back to where I was. Like, I'm running this race. I'm not DNFing because I'm in the wrong spot right now. Oh, um, no. And I actually was able to wait and get a ride back to the aid station I was at. They were closing the aid station by the time I got there. It was probably at least a two-hour process or more of, like, the extra seven miles, plus mm-hmm. the waiting for the ride, plus the driving back to the aid station. So I spent the rest of that race trying to stay ahead of the sweepers. And that was a really, you know, humbling and co- like cool experience too, because uh, I felt good. I paced myself well in the beginning. And, um, you know, it was, kind- it was neat to cheer for each other as I, you know, I was running by them. And, you know, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> <No, laughs> but and I did then- it.
1: I kept yeah. going and finished and was- strong.
0: So what, what do you think? And it seems like that's kind of like the mindset you have of like, I'm not going to DNF something or I'm not going to quit something that you kind of set your mind to it unless, you know, they kick you out or you just can't go because physically you just, you know, you broke a leg or something like that. Um, Kind of, what do you feel like that mindset? What is that mindset of yours that kind of helps you push through that?
1: I don't like quitting. I'm just, I don't like giving up. I've, And this is, can be um, a not so great personality trait sometimes. And there was a half marathon I ran with a pretty badly strained soleus and I just, I signed up for it. I was going to do it, you know? And so there's definitely a balance there of, you know, what are you trying to prove to yourself? Why are you doing this? Be safe, be smart. But ultimately if I set a goal towards something and I trained for it, I'm going for it.
0: And what, what, have are you now more cautious of like not pushing through an injury and kind of setting those boundaries of listening more to your body?
1: Yeah, I think I've taken a interesting approach to my training where I really enjoy cross training. I I don't have a coach. I try to really listen to how I'm feeling and if something hurts, I'll ease off and thankfully knock on wood, I've been um injury free for I've really since that's only a strain since learning that just running a lot of miles and not strength training and not giving yourself a break is not the way to train
0: what are some things you do for cross training you kind of like kind of can it help you keep you he- healthy
1: yeah um so my training plan is sort of based on fun and mm-hmm. uh i like going to cycle bar it's a spin studio I started because it was a convenient way to beat morning traffic, and I find that the rhythm of your feet, like while you're pedaling to these really upbeat tunes, <laughs> I can translate that into my flow when I'm running, and that's really fun. I've been going to CrossFit for a very long time. I've actually been on a strength training hiatus since this, like, since the like last Havolina training block. So I look mm-hmm. forward to getting back into that because. just, I I think that like deadlifts, you feel really strong uh, going uphill when you know that you've been, uh, I just love deadlifts. So there's that. But, uh, and cycling with my husband, really like everything, Daisy. If if it's fun and it's outdoors and it's with good company, that's my cross training.
0: It's just kind of enjoying the moment. And do you feel like keeping your training fun is kind of what helps you stay committed to your training? Because you're training for these 200, currently a 300 mile run there's a lot of miles and you work full time, right? You have a full time job. So you're so running is not your full time job. Um, like, how do you make how do you make how do you balance committing to a full time job and committing to, you know, training like a professional athlete because you are training and putting these hours like how do you fit it in with your schedule?
1: Yeah, I, Uh this particular block early running has been the best for me. I think that if I get up at 5am, whatever, I mean, I'm, not a perfect morning person I'll continue to work on fine tuning this routine but ideally getting out for a run around 6 six thirty, then being able to come and just sit down and kind of melt into your work has been the best for me otherwise I get to the end of the day and I'll work through my fitness time so um, being really mindful about blocking out my time and just having a plan as I enter each
0: week that's great. I, I think so. I, I can relate to because I feel like after the end of the work day, you're just tired and you can't put the same amount of effort running in the evening than running in the morning because you're tired, right? You're mentally tired. It's like things come up. But um, yeah, thank you for suggesting that. So why do you run, Shelby? What what kind of motivates you to do all this, to set the time apart, to wake up early, to do the training, the cross training? And like, why? Why? What's your why?
1: Uh, It's. A lot of different things into one. So when I was 19, my father died suddenly, and I learned in that moment that life is really short, and we have, like, we've got to make the most of it. We have this epic mind and body that can do incredible things when you use them together. And so I run because I feel like I'm, like, reaching that kind of enlightened potential that I just feel on, you know? And I love that by me running, it's inspiring other people to run and tap into these passions, whether it's running or even just going for a hike or just doing like diving into that thing that you're passionate about. Um, it, feel, it makes you feel alive. And I love that running brings that to me.
0: And when was the first moment you remember that you realized that, like, do you, can you pinpoint? I mean, my mind goes back to my
1: first marathon because I signed up for that not even knowing how long a marathon was. I had this vision in my mind. It, the race was um, the Vermont City Marathon. It's Memorial Day weekend. An awesome, I think it's the biggest sporting event in Vermont. It's not that big, but it feels big. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I was at that race. I had had this whole vision that I would be wearing like cute booty shorts at the finish line, and the sun would be out, and it was raining and miserably cold and windy and my outfit was nothing. Like I, I remember I bought my first compression pants at the expo the day before because yeah, big pivot. And
0: <laughs> I
1: love that experience. I loved, you know, being in the element and having to like stick through this goal while you're getting pelted with rain and splashed with lake water. Um, and then I finished and beat my friends who were, uh, better athletes than me in Mm -hmm. high school. And that felt amazing. I realized that, you know, a person that never truly considered myself an athlete, I dabbled in sports. I was like, if I put my mind to this, I could probably be decent. And
0: uh, yeah, I'll forever remember that race. (laughs) You kind of like, you kind of discover the power of the mind, right? Like you discover like how much believing in yourself can really take things from like here to here and w- what have you done to kind of you know continue to believe in yourself do you, is it is it is it this why is this is one of the reasons why you do fkts like let's talk about that like what kind of triggered the F- what, like what inspired you to do the fkts
1: fkts are cool so uh i got on the fkt kick after the first time running havelina uh i thoroughly enjoyed that 100 miler and when you finish a big race that you've kind of poured your heart and soul into training for, you kind of wonder what's next. And we had just moved to LA and I had started to explore the Santa Monica mountains, which are beautiful. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that there is actually the 68 mile trail that uh, connects them all. So that was mind boggling and exciting. And my husband and I used this old, blog that I found online, like a treasure map and we scouted out each section of the backbone trail. And that was sort of our, my post Havelina project slash training slash was like a cool way to spend time with Jason, who also thankfully enjoys endurance sports. (laughs) That's a plus. Um, And yeah, I see FKTs as an amazing way to not only like be competitive in this like fun space, but it's a great training ground you're creating your own experience, and like you're setting the tone from when you start the race, who you're going to have with you there, where your aid station is going to be so um yeah, anybody who's thinking about doing an f k t do it because yeah you're you're just creating your own adventure, and
0: what could go wrong <laughs> and and then so javelina was in 2020 you did that in 2020 in october and you did the fkt in january correct of 2021 yes yeah, okay for the supported one um so you start this backbone. have you ran sections of the backbone trail before Do attempting the fkt we yeah we
1: did that we did some scouting with um that blog and just yeah did we do out and back sections on it so mm-hmm. for the supported one i had i had a decently dialed um there are some tricky spots in Topanga though where we made some mm-hmm. wrong turns in the supported run. Um, again, navigation.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> It seems like a little pattern. Navigation kind of seems to be following you Navigation,
1: <laughs> nutrition. I mean I think every run that I do I learn something from and, and I think that that's also kind of kept me motivated to keep running because it's just like something new unfolds. This new little adventure And you gain some kind of insight that you can plug into the next one.
0: So for the FKT, the supported one, you start off, you realize that the person that was pacing you kind of got you lost or you guys didn't, you thought you were trusting in this person to give you the right way and you guys figured it out. But, you know, you have these things that kind of, you know, as a runner, you get flustered or you get kind of frustrated because you're just like, you have this goal in the mind and little things like that can just, you're just like, oh my God, is this the five minutes that could have made the difference of the fkt or you know you could go down that spiral mind what do you do to prevent that from happening to you i'm sure you're not like immune to that i'm sure like (laughs) you're it comes but what do you do to not get so caught up when things don't go according to plan but you're still pushing as hard as you can to achieve your end goal
1: yeah i I mean i think that sums up ultra running um basically is constantly figuring out how to breathe through discomfort and annoyances and keep moving i'm definitely not immune to it i definitely blew up on that pacer a little bit when we went out yeah wasted a little bit of time um and even when i ran cocodona 250 which was an incredible race that's happening again this may i'm not running it but I can't wait to follow the people who are. Uh, I had a, a pacer, super experienced ultra runner, my friend's dad, Kelly Barber, and even my first leg with him, was, I asked him way too many times if we were on course. And <laughs> so you, you need to trust your pacers and that takes learning and just you know, understanding human error and also preparation, making sure that they have what they need to help you be successful in completing mm-hmm. this goal.
0: I think that's very important sometimes as a runner we put so much expectations on our pacers and our crews without sharing what those expectations are or without doing our job to telling them this is what i need this is how i need it if i do this like kind of you have to like kind of let them know who you are and kind of science because you're if you're upset or you don't want to eat kind of share this is what i normally do when this happens like make sure if i do this make me do this right
1: <laughs> yeah Jason started telling them like you have to bully
0: Shelby like you can't don't tell her no she's
1: not going to eat you bully her so (laughs) if anybody on here is pacing before wants to pace me in the
0: future it's yes. forcing you that's a that's yeah. a perks of having your husband um be part of your crew right because he, he who who doesn't know you best than the per- person that lives with you right
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> this is true um
0: so when you're doing and you know normally when you do a race they tell you start slow and then kind of conserve your time because you don't want to burn out later on in a race but an fkt like i'm I, i've never done an fkt but i'm kind of guessing like how does that differ like you kind of have to do your, is it your fast effort the whole time? Or the like, how do you control yourself with not blowing out so quickly within your FKT? And, and we can go into kind of your, your, their unsupported within, you can, and you can explain what does an unsupported FKT means?
1: Yeah, so unsupported meant that it was just me out there. I had nobody meeting me at like road crossings. I didn't leave any out there i didn't like i didn't cash water or food i had everything on my back that i needed or at least thought that i needed uh, for
0: from the start to the finish
1: so and and that's
0: when you did the backbone fk the unsupported so you came back after doing the supported you decided to come back a month later and you did the unsupported fkt how do you how did you how did you plan that like how did you plan it with the pacing yourself and kind of just navigating taking take us through that journey what kind of that led to that.
1: Yeah. Um so the so I ran the supported FKT, um, beat the woman before me by a few minutes, which I was stoked on. And then the amazing Bree Sachs came in and beat my time like eight days later. And I kind of just felt like this connection to the trail and this idea of, you know, I can do it myself. Like I'm gonna get back out there. And there were no female times for backbone trail I think there's a lot of FKTs that don't have female times on them so come on woman I'm like go do it
0: yes uh, yeah <laughs> do it
1: do it so the planning for that I think because my knowledge of the trail was pretty fresh I felt good about you know what just dis- like the distance I was about to cover and the land I was about to run on um, I knew where water stops were and had that planned so you know knowing I have you know two liters of on me liters of water on me from this point to this i need to drink this much of it fill this much up for this leg um you know so having those water stops planned was crucial um as far as pacing goes again because i knew that trail i thought i had an idea of what my pace would look like however i severely underestimated the weight on my back for that mm-hmm. um because i had support the first time I ran it handing me water and now all of a sudden I'm carrying a lot of water in a heavy pack with all of my food for the day. So that was uh, a unique thing to learn from the unsupported effort where I absolutely went out too hard. Um, And so pacing just comes down to knowing your body and and planning for it, planning for it with that distance. I think that there's a lot of performance technology out there Like, you know, using your Coro stats to see what your aerobic threshold paces are so you can kind of plan accordingly. There's, there's a, you can do some good estimating if you know your body well enough.
0: And do you use, when you do training, do you do like a lot of heart rate training? Do you do a lot of based, or it's more based on effort?
1: I don't actually. Um, It kind of goes back to running on fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. It just, you know, I, I think that I have a pretty good idea when I'm gassing myself out and <laughs> I, I let myself feel that um, something that like, I think that another common mistake that I've seen myself make in races of all distances is that going out too fast factor. Um, Cocodona 250 is a 250 mile race and I was chasing the leaderboard for the first 100 miles. I just got really excited and you could refresh it and see where you were and that was fun. Um, but there's a level of self-control that you need to have when you're getting into these longer distances if you want to make through it smoothly.
0: That's, that's great advice. There's actually a few questions um, regarding the Backbone Trail. and. It's good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull them up when I asked earlier today. What was the most epic portion of the Backbone Trail for you?
1: <sighs> okay, well, for the supported, oh mean, that whole trail is magical. It's hard to pull out one for the supported run. It was finishing the last 18 miles with my husband. Like he mm-hmm. was able to pull something out of me that I did not know I had. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a downhill finish to Ray Miller. You're just getting sweeping ocean sunset views. And we were hauling. And I didn't
0: expect to feel like that at mile
1: 60 of a run. So that was
0: epic. And again, yeah, that's from Sandstone Peak. If you guys don't know, when you go up to Sandstone Peak, you have a nice descent. And then you have that little climb after Danielson Ranch and Sycamore Canyon. And then you go up a little bit more on the Backbone trail. And then once you get to the top of that fire road, then you go down the Ray Miller Trail. And yeah, you you just finished. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're done. Although it's very deceiving. When I ran that unsupported, I ended up finishing at night. And you can see the cars on the PCH and I could see some lights in the parking lot. But you, you do what feels like a trillion switchbacks to get to.
0: Them. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not as close. And then you see the 2.7 mile and you're just like, Oh, this is a really long 2.7 miles. Yeah, cats here. She misses you. And she just misses you. I guess she, she's a friend from Vermont oh hi and then nice. um willow one she was like you're awesome yes oh. you are uh there's another question here about the backbone trail what was the most difficult aspect of running the backbone trail for you and you can do for the supported one and then you can a- answer for the unsupported one okay
1: hmm. most difficult for your supported I mean, I think probably controlling my temper when we got off course a little and just Mm -hmm. controlling your general excitement in the beginning, uh, it's an exciting thing you're about to do and you feel that in your heart and that quickly factors into your breathing, which affects your heart rate. And so Mm -hmm. just like being able to chill out a little more in the beginning might have made me feel a little bit stronger in the middle. Um, and for unsupported, I I really thought I was going to run it faster than I did. So I didn't bring a long sleeve shirt <laughs> mm. and it got really cold at night. I think we had mittens and a turtle fur neck tube. And there are these like really cozy, like wicking, just great tubes, which, yeah, feel like... COVID made the tube popular again. But I've been wearing one forever. Um, and I actually took that off and was like putting it on one arm at a time and just dancing to stay warm. I was like miserably cold. So um, just not being prepared with layers for unsupported was um, not the most fun.
0: And so when you're, when it got dark on you and you realized like, oh my God, it's cold. Did you have a backup plan if, at any point you decided to kind of drop because there's sections with their service but there's not a lot of sections with them there's no phone service like did you tell your husband okay in case of emergency anything i'm just gonna call you or this is the plan
1: yeah i would have called him if i needed him to pick me up and really that misha malka trailhead's your last option otherwise mm-hmm. like 18 miles to the finish so i remember thinking about it as i approached it but at that point you're you're so far in what's another 18 miles? I had enough mm-hmm. water, so not one plus. Uh, but since, since that, and then since I actually went after the Lost Coast Trail um, as an out and back, fastest known time last summer. And I mm-hmm. stopped after one way through because we didn't have any type of communication. There is zero reception out there. It is mm-hmm. deep, dark wilderness. Uh, and then it's like crashing waves beach. But I was at the deep dark wilderness section in the night by myself and came out to the trailhead and Jason was just like, we don't, this is, we don't know where you are. Like there's mm-hmm. no cell reception. It's just not safe. And so since then have had a Garmin inReach with me, uh,
0: which is a pretty clutch device if you're out there by yourself. That's, that's really great. I think the Garmin inReach it's something like you can, i I was i was shocked when i first used to it like oh you can use it like a text message like you don't need to do you don't need to send messages through in reach you could do it through your phone uh, and i'm sure your husband's really happy to see that and kind of be like i know where shelby's at, and he'll probably be more lying, like lying to let you do these things by yourself yeah <laughs> and how how did you tell him like did you have an where so you anticipate to finish at a certain time was he waiting for you all those hours kind of since are you did you tell him along the way you know this is actually going to take a lot longer than than planned
1: i think for backbone i was able to shoot him a text like somewhere in, like as approaching that last 18 mm. being like i'm alive this is what's happening um but there <laughs> that lost coast adventure especially because i couldn't communicate Uh, the trail ended up being insanely grown in out there. It was like a little ribbon covered by these like evil, sharp reeds. (laughs) And so it it got dark and it was slow moving through that because I wanted to make sure I stayed on the trail, especially Mm -hmm. in a place like that. got to take it seriously. Um, And so I ended up getting to what would have been the turnaround point at least four or five I mean, it was later than I had planned. And then, it, then I had checked in with him before I started that section, and we already knew I was behind, and it was just even more behind that. So I think that's a good thing to note for anybody who is in a relationship with an ultra runner or friend of. Sometimes our predictions aren't always accurate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so, thank he you for he, didn't waiting. Call, he didn't call right away the ranger station like hey so my wife is out there in the middle of the backbone trail doing this thing <laughs> and usually rangers look at i feel like rangers look at ultra runners like you're doing what why were they even doing this in the first place because they really think like our crazy ambitious dreams and goals are kind of like we shouldn't be doing it in the first
1: place <laughs> yeah it's i ran into some firefighters on a 20 mile run out in like the Irvine area uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they turned me around because there's a fire. It was unfortunate timing. <laughs> but they were like, wait, ma'am, how far away is your car? I'm like 10 miles, but it's okay. Like I'm following a map. I know where I am. <laughs> like, just let me go back to my car. I'll be fine. And it was pretty great seeing their reaction. What are you even doing out here? Yeah, I know
0: they, they get, they're amazed, but I think they get it a lot. They probably know that like, oh, you're the one of those crazy ones that do this like a backpacking. Usually takes five days, and you're trying to do it in one day. <laughs>
1: yeah, just another you one have, of those. You have a
0: lot of love by Telemundo. Thank you, Telemundo, for shower, showering Shelly with lots of love. So there's another question. Uh, how did you get through the tough parts of the Backbone Trail by yourself? So, you know, like how you're by yourself? There's no support and. Was there any point, did you want to quit or did you just kind of say like, man, this is not the best idea? And I'm, I'm sure probably when you were cold, but how did you get through those tough moments?
1: Yeah, I think there's times where you find yourself like kind of whimpering to yourself of like, why, why am I doing this? It's miserable. Um, something that I've found that's really fun to help lift you out of those is to just like make a video of yourself. So like record the scene of, of the crime really, like what what's going on. And um, they usually end up being really entertaining to watch after because you don't realize how delirious you are (laughs) recording it. So that's helpful.
0: Thank you. Oh, thank (laughs) you. You're going to inspire me to record myself more on the trails, (laughs) even though I don't want to. But yeah, I think sometimes, you know, and, and usually what have you found that it is when you start feeling that way? What have you found is usually the problem?
1: You forget why you're doing it. And so I think that that's where my mind goes. I'm like, wait, why, why am I here? What am I trying to accomplish? I, I signed myself up for this, or maybe there wasn't even a sign up. I'm just out here because I want to be. And reminding yourself of that and reminding yourself that you're capable of doing it. I, you know, I'm lucky to have legs that move me through this land. And so... <laughs> those really help kind of like pick me back up and set me straight again. Gratitude. Yeah. yeah it gratitude. is a lot of gratitude, a lot of gratitude for yourself, for your friends, ev- everything, for nature, for the trail. It's just, gratitude is a very, very, very powerful thing.
0: Edgar says, I'm, I made a video like that up uh, on my first 14 miler. Didn't think I would make it. Um, yeah I think it's really cool like I know some people like oh you know you kind of pick between okay do I try to stay in the moment enjoy the moment or do I record this moment and and it's hard sometimes because sometimes you are in the moment but I think it's it's nice to record some of those moments because you can reflect back and look back and then you like say you start seeing things especially those hard moments
1: Yeah. And I go back and forth with that, I think, too. Um, So I do a lot of running with Adidas runners and they've taught me about what we call micro hits. And so it's taking like a little moment and doing a body scan. And um, one of the thoughts in that, like what we'll practice before a trail run, we'll like feel what part of our body is cold. And then we'll start thinking about the part of our bodies that are warmer and what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And in that, I Try to think about those warm parts like spreading to the rest of my body, and so there's a lot of like cool mindfulness practices that you can do while you're out there that really are grounding in the present to help pull you out of the like negative brain spirals
0: when what what has what has been like one mindful practice that has really helped you um, and, and, I, and I, would, I would actually go back to Cocodona. Where you realize after 24 hours you're like, oh, maybe me trying to be first place for these first 24 hours it wasn't such a great idea. And like, how did you kind of channel? Is there any mindful practice that you used after for the second part of it?
1: Keep having fun. <laughs> you know? um, I was so lucky with Donna to have like an insanely amazing group of pacers that it was exciting to see them at each aid station and. It just like their presence brought me life, so that was that was a cool part about COVIDona. Mindfully though, I definitely thought a lot about what I would be doing if I wasn't out there doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it goes back to gratitude again, or just like the dread of checking email. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's always perspective, changing that perspective, and be like, what could I be doing? There's a, actually out of a lot of questions here. Um, Foods on, nutri- tips on the food and nutrition. So I know you've talked about that's how something you've still been learning a lot. And we can go for this one. I want to go back to Joshua Tree FKT because it seems like <laughs> that was one where you really like, man, my food and nutrition, I need to work on that. What have you, all these, you know, you've been running all these minds. What have you learned about food and nutrition? And, you know, I know we're always, always learning and growing, but so far share with us, like what has worked? What hasn't worked? and what will you want to experience more or you feel like you should yeah
1: it's funny because again my mind just wandered back to that first marathon I remember standing on the starting line and a woman handed me a packet of goo and it was the first time never had, I didn't train with any nutrition for that first <laughs> marathon and um, that kind of summarizes my whole journey with nutrition as a runner it's just continuously experimenting to try to find what works and so I think the faster and harder you're trying to run the more I personally prefer consuming like gels and calories in my liquids Um, it's faster it's easier on the stomach then the longer I'm trying to go I want more real food Joshua Tree is a hilarious kind of experiment where I was throwing all of it at it, and I think mm-hmm. that's where Joshua Tree wasn't really my best performance as far as nutrition particularly goes. Um, I think for that, I'd come off of a lot of things. Not sleeping at night can really wreck your body. Uh, we did not; we slept in a 20 degree car uh, the night before the run. Woke up, started running at 4 a.m and i was just consuming kind of a little bit of everything from tailwind to morton to scratch to real food like like hardy real food and i think i just wasn't it wasn't work it was just there wasn't the plan wasn't there and i was running at an intensity where i needed to be more mindful about what i was like asking my body to do So nutrition, we'll keep experimenting with it. I've found that um, more in gels and just water are great for like a marathon distance or a hard 50K, probably and salt pills. Those are, that's kind of like the, makes the triangle. You need that sodium. Mm -hmm. Um, But for Coca-Dona, for this upcoming 300-ish miler, uh the real foods will be crucial uh i had a dairy queen blizzard during Coca-Dona and it brought me back to life i never <laughs> thought a dairy queen blizzard could make you feel want to run so much but what, are, it did. What, are,
0: what are some things that you're planning to eat for the speed project what's what's on the menu for the speed project
1: this is exciting because i will be traveling at a pace that's slow enough that hopefully i will be hungry and want to eat all of the things. And because we're going from the Santa Monica Pier to Las Vegas, there's a ton of food along the way. So mm-hmm. I envision there being like some Starbucks frappes. Might as well get the mm-hmm. fatty one, get caffeine and some calories. Um, I think it'll be a lot of French fries. I've mm-hmm. found that potatoes and salt work really well and they taste good and they're pretty easy to. Motion your mouth and swallow when you're tired mm-hmm. um and i bet there'll be more dairy cream blizzards
0: <laughs> so pretty much the stuff that you don't normally eat on your day-to-day right like I'll, I'll like give me all the junk food all the carbs i'll 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 take it
1: yeah i you know it it'll be what i'm what i'm in the mood for and i will say avocados are great too if we're gonna play the healthy card um yeah i figured out a way to like squish an avocado into your mouth and that's a really great trail snack when you're not in a super long race i think that i like to think of my races as the party Mm -hmm. maybe part of what i'm getting at here too like yeah have fun and and have the french fries and blizzards
0: so for cocodona it was a real there was a section i believe in the beginning a section was really hot what did you eat during because i feel like our bodies tend to digest food a little differently because it's so focusing on trying to keep you cool that your digestive system doesn't want to do its job like what What did you do like what did you eat during the hottest parts of the Cocodona Trail
1: yeah I loved that section um, maybe a little too much <laughs> but it, we had so it was a 20 mile stretch in Cocodona where you were required to carry um, maybe 3 liters of water 4 I think it was 3 liters of water and maybe I had close to 4 Um, and I loved it because I had enough water throughout the whole thing. A lot Mm -hmm. of individuals ran out and I had uh, bottles with just electrolytes and bottles with just water. And I was also eating goldfish during that. I, I tend to do okay in the heat. Actually. I think that Mm -hmm. it's continuing to consume water, making sure you're getting your salt and any chance you have to put ice on your body, do it. Um, but was, I definitely wasn't going hard on hearty food during
0: that part of the race. So you just kind of mixing a little bit of different things. Yeah.
1: I'm sure I had gels and I whatever. Yeah. It's, it's hard to remember that one, Daisy. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the like, goldfish for sure. you like, it's
0: hard because I wasn't, you know, you, how, many, how many days, how long did it take you to finish that uh,
1: one? Just under 112 hours.
0: Okay, so that's about four days. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I would have liked to... I was hard. I mean, when you're working, you know, full-time and training, then there's this logistics component. And for Cocodona, I was really just trusting their aid station setups mm-hmm. and the plan that they mapped out, which was great. And it worked fine. Um, but... T- I could have taken that to the next level, especially now that I've seen the course of being like, okay, I know from this stretch to this stretch, this is like, I can maybe guess what my body's going to feel. Let's fuel this way versus this way. Um, I had a, I had way too many sugary things in the beginning of Coca-Dona. And I remember at some point, maybe it was like day three, feeling it in the back of my teeth. And Mm -hmm. that was on So, things to think about.
0: (laughs) To just kind of like, okay, what am I going to, how long am I going to be here? And if I'm going to want to on sweets after a while, right? Like, you're not, you're going to feel like you have 20 layers of sugar on your teeth after so many goose and chews and everything. Um, Someone asked here, oh, I saw a question come from Mando Suave. What advice, tips will you give me as I'm doing my first 100 miler in September?
1: Woo! Uh, Have fun and don't, don't be too hard on yourself, like set, have an A, B and C goal. And definitely don't give up on yourself. You signed up for this thing. So you clearly believe that you can do it. I'm excited for you. Have
0: fun. And, w- and what other advice do you give like hitting when you hit that wall, especially you know, that famous mile 70. Like that's the point where most people <laughs> drop for their 100 miler way. Like what, what has helped you kind of not drop?
1: I mean mile probably close to 70 at Javelina last year I found myself puking my brains out at an aid station and I mean but why like you got that far why are you gonna drop you know so think about that think about all of the training that you put in to get to that point too it's not just the 70 miles before it it's the days of work that you put into it. Why would you give up on
0: yourself at mile 70? Mm-hmm.
1: Unless you're like bone sticking out then
0: there. Yeah, that's true that I never thought about that. Now, it's not just about the last 70 miles, but the whole last months that you've been leading up to this training. There's actually a question about Javelina. So I, I wanna, I want you to talk about it. Um, can you talk about your milking the cow strategy <laughs> at <the Javelina> <laughs>
1: chongers i know who asked that (laughs) milking the cow no it's a real strategy i definitely came up with it while i was on full fledged runner brain but um it's the idea of getting uh getting your energy out where you can and so Daniela chong amazing friend epic pacer she would run ahead of me and if I felt good I'd be like okay we're milking the cow let's go let's go let's go and then we'd like kind of hold back and then just like milk it a little more and get a little bit further each time so yeah
0: she says she she hasn't ever seen someone push so hard and towards the end of a hundred miler like how do you find that how do you find what do you do to channel in that extra when you feel like you can't anymore like you catch yourself pushing a little bit more like how do you channel that energy
1: I think I started to find that uh during the Catalina 50 miler this year and the thing that I was telling myself was I don't know if it even makes sense now that I'm saying it out loud was uh like like I was saying to myself don't don't phone it home but like don't yeah like don't just like call it in and call it quits like push to the end like you're again you're here you train for it um don't like it was this thought of like I'm not gonna quit on myself now like yeah I could walk to the finish line and finish but why you know like mm-hmm. I'll have to I gotta look up whatever phrase that I was getting at that had I probably twisted the words in like, while I was running I like to run on weed I'll be honest. I consume yeah. edibles when I run.
0: So which is great cuz it probably forces you to eat cuz I'm sure you get you actually feel like okay, I'm hungry. I need to I need to eat more.
1: Yeah, it brings my mind to a really great place too. I I find that I can be really creative um mentally while running on a little bit of THC.
0: So that's where some of these uh, little phrases are coming from. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I, I was listening to the guy who won Coca-Dona. I believe he was high most of, oh, most of that race, too. So I was like, wow, is this a thing that I need to get on uh, during my ultras for these really long multiple days kind of thing? Like, hey, maybe that is a secret saucer or, or one of the secret things that you can potentially do. Um, but thank you for sharing that, Shelby. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. There's a question here. How many cats do you have?
1: <laughs> I have two amazing cats, Felicia and Todd. If oh, they nice.
0: were
1: uh, TV characters, they would be David and Alexa from Shit's Creek. Or Alexis, sorry. Yeah.
0: Aww. Yeah, that's like their personalities. Cat that I put in the in the post. i love that
1: (laughs) i was like okay i think she she knows me there's a cat there's a
0: cat (laughs) sticker on this a little bit yeah uh yeah you you did get third and that's amazing because you got third place in avalon 50 miler and that's actually something i want to talk about so you're because usually people are really good at the endurance but not so great at the shorter speed distance or they're really great at the shorter speed distance and not so much of the endurance how do you do it like how do you or what do you feel like really helps you kind of be really great at both on the short distances and also in the endurance, because in Havolina, your first hundred miler, you got fifth place. And then the second Havolina, you got sixth place and coca you know, you have, you, you got, you also, you were like in the top there as well. And you've done these FKTs for very long distance and then you do like Avalon, a fast, you know, a fast runnable race and you get third place. Like, what do you feel has helped you kind of be a speedy, Speedy, speedy Shelby. <laughs> yeah. And this
1: year I have some goals to get speedier. So that's very exciting. Um, I think it stems from chasing that Boston qualifier in the beginning. I, I think I, I like the, the empowering feeling of moving your body fast and powerfully. Like you can each step, you can like feel that energy going into the ground as you're pushing it away. And I think that yeah, you definitely get that in the shorter distances. Um, I train with people who are also training for shorter distances. I think that helps too. So um, like Adidas has been kind of on a, a marathon training block, getting prepared for the Los Angeles marathon this weekend, and I get to poach some of my friends' workouts. So, you know, i have a friend with Uh, doing like 5k repeats over 14 miles and just kind of go along for the ride. (laughs) Uh, So I look forward to doing more of that this year and and absolutely getting on a track. But um, it's like those more recent races, I think it's just a lot of consistency over time and mixing in speed work when I can, but it really hasn't been a priority recently
0: how do you how do you you separate where you do speed work in the weekdays and then like endurance your longer runs in the weekends or is it a mixable or do you focus like okay these few months i'm gonna focus more on speed work shorter distance some flat flat terrain and then in these months as i get closer to a specific goal um i'm gonna do more of like with vert because like the speed project that's relatively flat trail correct well road
1: yeah i think i have about 15,500 something feet of gain over around 290 ish miles is the course that I've mapped out. So that's not that much for, for that distance. Uh, I really try to train for the race that I'm running. So I think that's where recently, you know, I see that that 50 miler as solid training for the speed project Mm -hmm. and Training for The Backbone helped me for Havelina, And so I like to think of my, like stack my goals in a way that they're going to all work towards one another. And through that speed training, speed has come kind of ad hoc. Uh, mm. But like, I will be more intentional for it for my upcoming goals because I know that's what they'll need for me to achieve them.
0: Okay, so it's really you just focus on what's the next thing that I'm trying to accomplish, and you go all in on that, and then you just kind of build up from that.
1: Yeah, and it it works because I just pr'd my marathon. I ran a three twenty one marathon on an eighty mile training week, so I think that you know it's that I've kept it interesting mentally, and I you know I'm working when I'm I'm working hard
0: congratulations yeah I, I, I always I always I I'm, I'm still trying to find like cause, um like is it possible to do both road runs and ultra runs kind of thing and it seems like you like both of them right like is it is it is it do you still have fun when you do like the road marathons
1: absolutely absolutely I, I think you know the at first it felt like there are two different running communities and I mean they're technically probably still are. There's like the trail community and they always mm-hmm. seemed fun and we'd have you know a beer after and, and then there's like a serious road community. And I think that I've found a community in LA that has a little bit of both, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to like pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something very convenient about being able to go out your door and run on pavement. So I don't know, I'm not I'm not gonna poo-poo it because I'm not on some glorious trail. Running, running is running.
0: So it's kind of, you don't, you don't, you're not like team roadie or team trail. You're just kind of like everything. It's, it's thing, pros and cons for each. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they both, the trail running
1: feeds into the road running. I, I think that I will eventually, and I've, I guess, proved it to myself recently, be a stronger road runner because of the work that I'm doing on the trails.
0: Um, Another question by Mondo Suave, what's the most important lesson you've learned from all the ultras you've done so far? Oh, That's a really good question.
1: That is a good question. (laughs) It's funny because I remember coming home from Cocodona and getting back into my work week and it just felt so weird because I had just been in this epic place doing this very focused task for four and a half days or whatever, however long it was. Um, and I remember I was trying to find a pair of shoes in my closet or, you know, something silly and I was getting really frustrated and like mad about it. And I just kind of, and it felt hard. And I was like, this is stupid. You just ran 250 miles, like finding a matching pair of shoes right now, it's not that hard. And so it really helps shift your perspective. I think, um, while you're out there, you're, you're sort of existing in more of a a primal place you're yourself, you know, you're, you're not trying to be anything else, you're out there running. And I love that. And I think that it's helped me in my day to day life, because I can kind of go back to those moments and and create those reality checks for myself.
0: So so bringing things back to real life. So it's like it's not even the ultra running may not seem, I, I guess, a lot of people think i guess the normal person will think you're crazy and kind of like why would you even do that you probably you probably get this phrase, like i don't even i get tired even running that far why would you even i mean not running that far. driving that far why would you run that far um oh, that's that's really that's a good that's a good perspective of just bringing things back to back to life um let me see, there's another question here there's a lot of questions actually, a lot of people are asking a lot of questions. Do you ever That's have awesome. doubt on your long solo runs, and how do you overcome them
1: yeah um I, how do you overcome that I think that it's it's actually here's here's a good answer. So the other day in a yoga class, yoga's awesome for cross training too I wish i had I really wish I had more time to do more of all of these things because they all feed into each other so nicely. But the yoga instructor said, you know, set a mantra for the class. What are you going to think about? And she said that she likes to lead with I am statements. And because at first I was saying, like, you are in my head. And I'm like, wait, that does not help me. It's I am. And so uh, I told myself, I am crushing. <laughs> like, and just telling yourself, I am strong. I am whatever it is that you need to find within yourself. Tell yourself that you are that. Um, And it's pretty powerful what the mind can do if you let it. So when I'm struggling by myself out there, it's going back to those internal mantras and
0: like talk yourself up. Why not? Mm -hmm. Affirmations, positive talk, because I, I feel like when you do that negative talk, it just goes down to aspire like it just builds up on top of one another and then you start believing it so it becomes so real and it's just your thoughts yeah um yeah. what's your favorite what's your favorite mantra when you're out there
1: uh i think I, I think i like this i am crushing right now because it feels like it can pertain to like my career and life to like just i'm crushing you know it's not i am on track it's i am doing all the things I want to do. Like I got life by the balls and we're going for it. So that I think will come to me at TSP, but it shifts. I think it's okay to have different mantras and different races. You have different things going on in your personal life that come out in the race. And so being able to like pivot and figure out which one is like speaking to you in that moment is like, yeah, you can't really, it's a hard one to, I like to go into a race with an idea maybe of what a mantra might be, mm-hmm. but there's a good chance I'll come out with a new one while I'm out there.
0: Do you ever channel your dad while running these really long races? Yeah. I, I, um,
1: I loved my grandfather and my grandmother have both passed away and I like to think of them. It sounds silly, but whatever. Like I, I do think of them as like pillars up there that are, like looking down kind of like, wow, didn't expect you to go this w- this route, <laughs> Shelby. Like, don't know why you're running 290 miles, but good job, you know. So um, it's it's fun to think about that and think about what they would say to me if they were around too because I wasn't on track to do this when they were alive. I had no no idea that this is where my passions would unfold too.
0: What do you think your dad would say now? looking at you and everything he was done?
1: I think that he'd be pretty stoked on it, actually. So we grew up sailing, and he uh, had his captain's license and just was, like, amazing at navigating our sailboat from, you know, I grew up in Connecticut, from Connecticut to Nantucket. I mean, some decent island sailing in Antigua. Uh, And so I think he would really love, like, that navigation and exploring the outdoors aspect Mm -hmm. of it um I think he would have been an amazing crew chief too so, so he's, out he's out there, there
0: supporting you and I just think about it, he's gonna he's always gonna be your pacer he's always gonna be by your side when you're running and probably telling you things he used to tell you when you were little so
1: yeah yeah it's it's pretty it, again like the powers of the mind when
0: you're out there are
1: at definitely more than 50 percent of what running is
0: do you have you what 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 do you do to strengthen your mindset? Um,
1: I think it's the yoga uh,
0: that you know.
1: Just forcing yourself to take pauses in life is very hard, and something that I'll continuously try to work on. Um, surrounding myself by really inspiring and awesome people too, like those Cycle Bar classes, the instructors there are amazing at feeding you with like just juicy little like new ways to think about things. Whether mm-hmm. you're like grinding through a sprint in a spin class or um, bombing downhill on a run like you're moving and while you're moving you can have thoughts. And so I think it yeah it goes back to like the power of the mind and body together. And so mm-hmm. I, I do try to surround myself with people who are positive and and help
0: fuel all of those things have you altered your community like if you notice if you are like oh man i'm gonna stop hanging out with this person because they, they they're always negative talking about everything like i don't or there or they maybe do you have or have you had not necessarily friends but just people when you share because you're a big dreamer these goals and dreams that you've been doing and achieving you know it 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 It's really rare and especially being a female. And this is one of the reasons I have this podcast now is talking about, I want to encourage, yeah, we need more women doing these FKTs. How do you navigate or deal with the Debbie Downers and the negative Natalie's or Nancy's? And, you know, when you share your dream or goal and they're kind of be like, "Uh, you're crazy or that's not possible. Or, you know, how do you not let that get to you? I think it's,
1: I, I have let it get to me. Um, I've definitely and I've channeled it in good ways and maybe like not so good ways where like somebody said something to me once that really rubbed me the wrong way and made it sound like, well, there's a bunch of other females out there trying to be strong runners, blah, blah, blah. And oh, it kind of makes me mad, like picturing it him saying that to me I'm like yeah I get it but I'm me and I do my I have my own thing going I have my own goals like what are you even saying to me and I remember for at least two weeks after that conversation I just like pictured like punching his face while I was running and <laughs> it uh you know it, it helped my training for sure in that sense like using your anger towards training harder um but what I've really tried to do since that because I, I realized that I was creating these like competitions in my mind with people or like in that case that was like a an, an anger rage thing um, <laughs> trying to not care like trying to let it go trying to recognize especially with females that I might be competitive with instead of making them enemies in a race thinking of them as you know we're all working together towards this like greater thing and that uh, we just work better when we're together and so when people do doubt me or express those things, uh, I think it's a practice that I'm trying to do is like to shake it off and say, you know what, you don't know me, and I'm probably going to prove you wrong.
0: And what do you? And what do you do? What cause you, you know? You, I'm sure you've had some failures. Or can you share one thing that you say you were going to do and you didn't succeed? Um.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think. Well, so. FKTs are really unique because you you really should like proper practice is to announce that you're going to attempt this FKT before mm-hmm. you do it and I put out there that I was going to get the Lost Coast Trail out and back mm-hmm. um, and I had to stop and it wasn't because I was injured or wanted to stop it but just didn't it was safety and things were taking longer and logistics just weren't lined up and so for that one, I think it's recognizing, and even a race, like I've I've never DNF'd a race again, like knock on wood, but um, <laughs> it's realizing that there are more opportunities out there. Like I can go back and run the Lost Coast Trail again. You know, I said I was going to do this thing and I tried. And being okay with the fact that you, even putting it out there, like give yourself for for even, putting it out there and trying, um, because I don't think we give ourselves enough credit sometimes for the things that we set out to do, even if, even if we don't succeed.
0: How did you feel after not completing the that, like, how, and I'm sure there's some sort of felt fail, being failure, like, how did you push through that, like, man, I fell, like.
1: I felt weird, you know, I immediately wanted to get back out there and do it with the right equipment to, you know feel safer and make it an okay thing um but yeah it's a weird feeling and i think that i think that uh courtney de walter said it best in a podcast maybe with dylan bowman she said something about like one of her i think it was her hard rock dnf that mm-hmm. she gave herself till tuesday to feel sad and then she was over it and so setting that kind of deadline like i, I found that piece of advice extremely inspiring um to say okay allow yourself to process what happened feel it but like we're we're still living we're still moving why why sit in that
0: like let's focus on the next goal right like let's there's no point of carrying it on take what you learn and move forward that's i know what you're talking about I, and i think that's really important it's just like don't hold on to and if you want to feel sad it's okay to it's okay to feel sad it's like you felt it's okay to feel sad but don't let that become two months and three months. You, like you stop and you quit running, and then you just don't. You know, you don't pick yourself up. So thank, thank you for sharing that. Kat's was sharing a lot of great stuff. Um, I like she's like everyone needs to release self limiting beliefs, and that is so true. I feel like the number one person that is stopping us from achieving our greatest potential is ourselves. Like we are stopping and holding ourselves back because of those limiting beliefs, because of those. You know fear of what other people are gonna think feel our failure fear of like just you know not not achieving the goal but how will we ever know if we're capable and I mean, i'm sure now if you go back to the shelby 10 years ago and you're like hey shelby like in 10 years from now you're going to be doing this this and this you'll probably be like ha you're crazy or like you'll probably laugh about it right like would you have believed the shelby back that picture that picture I shared earlier on
1: that Shelby no probably I mean no I hadn't started running yet um I might have said like oh that sounds interesting (laughs) um I think it's cool that Kat's here because I met her pretty early on in my running and she uh, we met through skiing and Kat I'm gonna like Embarrassed you slightly she's she's like a she's a little bit older and she has a lot of endurance experience and she was like this strong older confident female who I was able to go on runs with and ski with and it was like it was cool to see that I think it was my first taste at you know there's a future in in being active here mm-hmm. um, because now you look at the women who are winning most of these ultra events and they are in their 40s that's exciting! Like, I don't have time. <laughs> you yeah, know?
0: you're just you're just you're 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 31, right? Like yeah, you, you they say prime age for ultra running is between 35 to 45. Like you're just starting and, I, and I'm actually really happy I met you now and I got this interview now before it'll be for, really hard to get to you uh, <laughs> so I mean like yes I interviewed her when she was just I knew that she was going to be someone in the future and I got to talk to her and I know she now knows me so we're good <laughs> yeah we and should yeah, go just, for I, a run together because yeah be I know far from um yeah, we were like saying that we wanna coordinate something between the three of us. Katsu say she said as well, feeling good deep inside is key. Now what not what others think of us or worthiness or our love. Yeah, I think the relationship we have with ourselves, which goes back to what Shelby was saying, yoga and yoga, that's what yoga is. It's really learning to connect your mind, body, and soul. It's really learning how to, you know, build that relationship with yourself and your body. Um, so yeah if you guys are not doing yoga definitely do more yoga Um, and we have more like what inspires you and motivates you to keep going and I know you shared more of that of like your why right like your your why you dig in deep into your why is there anything else that you want to share what inspires you and keeps you motivated
1: Hmm. you know I think
0: it's
1: finding new Fun goal. So um, this was a cool experience, actually. I got to witness Desert Solstice, which is an amazing 24-hour track event that Air Viper Running puts on. Um, it's a like a qualifying track event. There's a hundred miler and 24-hour component, and these athletes were just amazing. Like I watched Nick Curry set the new men's American record for 24 hour and he negative split a like 176 mile run. Um, and it made me want to do that. So I have a goal now of running a sub 17, 300 miler this fall to hopefully qualify for desert solstice. If it doesn't happen this year, that's fine. It's a new thing to work towards. It's that new arbitrary number that I've kind of put out there to chase. And I don't know. I think that I I try to find things that that interest me and keep me honest and and training, and that's what has kept me moving forward in this sport.
0: Do you feel like if you set goals that you know that you can achieve, will you train as hard? Um, like like if you were to say like, oh, my goal is just to finish a fifty miler or just a hundred miler without any like really that challenges you would you feel like you put the same amount of effort into your training
1: that's how it started I mean so my first 50 miler my first 100 miler were just out there to finish I ran that that Havalina where I placed fifth I wore it in a tutu the entire time with unicorn ears um and the, the goal is to have fun and to finish and so I think that the deeper you get into it you can kind of again choose your own adventure and decide okay do I like do I like this pace do I do I want to push it? And I highly encourage individuals to push those limits because, again, that's, like, wh- that's what we're here for. And we're, we're humans on this earth with one life. Let's see what we can do with that. And if you're spending 200 plus dollars on a 100 mile race, I mean, push it a little. See what that feels like. Bring your body to the edge because you're, you're not going to have
0: the opportunity to do that forever. It's very true very true and we had a hiking queen a question earlier how um she said she, i got here late how do you train for these long runs so how did you train for cocodona 250 how did you, how did you train for the speed project which is close to 300 miles like how are you training for these really long runs how does your training look like
1: yeah for cocodona 250 it was all about strength so i really leaned into that crossfit background i was going to crossfit probably two to three times a week plus running um, and wanted to feel strong. You know, you're carrying your body over 200, it was like 257 miles at the end of the day, at the end of five days. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I do love that about the 200 mile distance because it allows you to be a little bit loosey goosey with your plan and focus on the mind game the strength and the running whereas this next goal of trying to run a sub 17 30 100 miler still focus on strength but like i'll need to be a little bit more meticulous
0: in how i
1: conquer that speed goal
0: Mm -hmm. so it really just depends on what your end result is and for the speed project how many miles were you averaging per week
1: um so i will do like a Kind of taper peak taper sort of effect. Um, I built up, so I did the. We'll go back to Avalon was um, the first weekend of January. So I ran that strong fifty mile race. I let myself have two weeks of recovery with very little miles, some cross training, yoga, whatever, keeping it, keeping that base fitness there. And then I started to build back up, and I think I went like, you know, forty. 60 70 80 and then I topped out at an 88 mile week and then now I'm bringing it back down to like 40 probably maybe 15 miles this week maybe this week's tape it's tapering and I fully believe in embracing the taper what do you do for recovery uh, not as much as I should do. <laughs> I've never been in Norma Tech boots. I have a foam roller I'm looking at in the corner that looks a little dusty. Uh, the hot yoga, so the yoga that I have been going to, it's a local studio and it's heated. And so the- I think that's very helpful. It's
0: more more yoga. So yes, there's one thing, yoga can really help with the cross training, the, the mental training. Like it seems like it's, it's doing a lot for you. Um. It's
1: it's working for me right now. And I think that I've leaned into CrossFit more during other training cycles or cycling more. And I think follow like what's working for you, what's fitting in your schedule and you'll figure out ways to, if I wasn't doing yoga, I would probably have written down in a journal, like get on your foam roller, Shelby. Mm. Um, Goals like you know we can't be perfect
0: at everything all the time. Yeah, I know. And you're human, right? You're that's when you're, you're not gonna say, hey, you have to foam roll like stretch. Well, yeah, we know that. But you're sharing the truth of what you do, and it has been working for you. And you know, yoga. If you don't like stretching, you know, yoga you stretch your body too. Like you're stretching your body, and you know, it it makes it a fun way of stretching your body. So you are doing that, just not in a traditional where you lay down on your floor. And stretch a muscle or something you are stretching you are doing that recovery and um Jason your husband right Jason Mm is like yoga six so he he shout out yoga six you guys want to check out yoga six um they they have uh different locations
1: yeah it's funny I I, um so there's like a there's a this random tangent I'm sorry exponential fitness is like a parent company to cycle bar and turns out yoga six and so it's not it's like a chain ish yoga fitness whatever but they have at least at the redondo beach location and uh the culver city cycle bar amazing
0: instructors so check
1: it out guys. Yeah. yeah
0: check it out check it out check it and, you know brilliant you just, business yeah mm-hmm. um i know we're oh here's another question i just i really want to get to these questions when you reach the spot of your ultra when you ask oh i think you did ask about this it's like um why are you out here kind of like we did talk about this you just thought of the ultra where you ask yourself why yeah why 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 are you doing this um when do you usually do reach that spot
1: Oof, i mean it varies there's no i have no rhyme or reason to that one I, i mean i think there's possibly times where i don't even reach that spot because i'm enjoying what i'm doing so much too um, so I guess you usually reach them when things get hard. So maybe if you're not reaching that spot, you should be trying harder,
0: <laughs> or just have fun. <laughs> keep having fun with it, and just keep, keep changing it's, your mind.
1: It's yeah, it's a cycle. You know, it's it goes back to what Daniela Chong said about milking the cow. Yeah, uh, you know, like <laughs> and, you're just kind of like cycling through what you need to to get through it.
0: Yeah, and editor, but this is actually a good transition as we kind of wrap this up is like the next thing that Shelby, so tell us a little bit what the speed project is, and then we can answer this question that Edgar has for you. And we could kind of, yeah, so what is the speed project, Shelby?
1: The speed project is, it was originally a 340 mile uh, run from the Santa Monica Pier to Las Vegas done in a relay style, so teams of six. And last year they brought on the solo mission, so, one runner doing the whole thing by themselves and I will be doing it solo. Uh, The neat thing about the speed project that sets it apart from most races is it's an unsanctioned race. So there are no rules except that you you can't run on the highway, which wouldn't be wise. Um, And because there are no rules, you're able to actually make your own course. And so over the years, people have figured out shorter ways to get from the pier to Vegas. Uh, cutting through these desert power line paths, just really in the middle of nowhere, and after pulling a few all nighters on Strava, I think that I've shaved down some significant mileage. So uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I can't give away my route because you know that's top secret right now. But and that's pretty good.
0: That's the exciting part, right? Like you don't know if you're going to run into how many people. I'm sure you're going to run into a lot because it's a big. It's a really big event. But everyone's running their own different routes. they're the more traditional routes, and um... yeah,
1: well, and that's the interesting thing though. I don't know if I will run into people because the solo runners start on Monday the twenty first mm-hmm. and the relays start on Friday, so I know there's seven solo runners, including myself. I was just kind of talking this through with Jason like i I kind of was visualizing me being out there. By myself with my people but there's a good chance that i will be kind of volley- volleying back and forth with somebody
0: are you is there any more females doing
1: this i don't know they haven't released the list i, I oh, okay. think based on looking at our whatsapp chat i definitely saw at least one other female name in there so okay. i don't
0: know who she is i'll be excited i'll be excited to see i I, i'm gonna be cheering for you is there a way for people to follow you or is there going to be like a streaming or anything that people can see this yeah so well a i'm definitely down to have more
1: pacers i'll be running at a really chill pace so if you want to come out and run with me daisy i have a a pretty intricate spreadsheet with uh, different drop pins that you could hop in on i'll be using that garmin inreach mini too to help you know show people where I'm where I'm at so you'll be able to follow that um Jason will be taking over my Instagram account though so I think like between Instagram and I'll have a link to that Garmin tracker you'll be able to keep tabs on me
0: <laughs> I, I will definitely be following I'll let you know yeah I I think might be interested or at least this section the California section before you get to Nevada but yeah. ha- have you started packing <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Edgar solid-tick? of course
1: of course, Edgar would ask that he knows that I'm a last minute person. Um, no, not really. No, I have some things on the floor over here that we could maybe call that packing or me just not putting away my trail stuff from the runs last weekend.
0: And do you are you gonna have like your crew like a specific people like kind of taking you from the from Santa Monica to Las Vegas? Or are you can have people kind of hop, like you have your husband trying to driving, being the main the crew chief, and then having people hop on as crewing.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to keep it really simple. It's a it's a big ask to, to ask people to come out and run in the middle of the week. Um, I I wish that I put a little bit more effort in like rallying some more set individuals to be mm-hmm. out there. So like very seriously, DM me if you're interested. But um, it will be more of a hop in approach. And I have two friends. Uh, Coming out Tuesday morning and then we have a friend who lives in Vegas who I know will be available to do something towards the end and I think that I feel very confident with just Jason and myself doing this. We'll have our Subaru with a rooftop tent Um, Mm -hmm. but the big thing is he's going to need to sleep at some point so getting people out there to help alleviate him from his job so he doesn't lose his mind Mm -hmm. is pretty (laughs) crucial.
0: And what advice would you give anybody who's just training for their first ultra or a tra- or big dream, like they're, they have a dream or goal that they think it's kind of crazy, but they've been thinking about it. What advice would you give to that person?
1: And say, yay, you've made the first <laughs> step by setting that goal and keep fighting for it, you know, write it down, plan, do the work, do the work, do the work. And then when the day comes, soak it all in and make it a party because you should celebrate
0: the effort that you put into getting there. Do you feel like the goal is uh, of the, do you feel like it's about the journey or the destination? What if I say it's about the now, Hmm.
1: you know, yeah, I think embracing the journey, being present in the journey, being present in the run. Yeah, I think it, I think it's I think it comes
0: down to just
1: the day day to day,
0: and that's very powerful. Sometimes we get so caught up in the future and the past that we lose the present and we we lose the moment, right? Um, and last question—well, not really a question. Well, it is a question. Do you have a YouTube page, <laughs> Shelby? Yeah, uh, I do. Um, Shelby's
1: F. So it's kind of funny because I definitely made this Instagram handle, you know, before Instagram, before I knew I'd be saying it out loud. Um, So shelves F, that's with two Zs and an F. And you can go subscribe and check out some of, we made a lot of really cool content around Cocodona and training for Cocodona 250. So it's good stuff there. And we'll absolutely be posting some videos recapping the speed project after I finish it.
0: (laughs) yeah check it out guys it's in her you can link the link is in her bio um she does have it there and yeah she i've actually saw some of those videos as well so it it was nice i i was like oh i like her personality i was like i can i can talk to shelby i think i think we'll do good (laughs) so that was really good and and just um what are your favorite glasses your go-to glasses for running (laughs)
1: ha! <laughs> i wear gooder i i worked at gooder on their marketing team for a while i can't believe i don't have a pair in front of me right now it's crazy um but yeah they don't slip or bounce and they're super cheap so uh i'm now a coros employee so if any of you need a gps watch hit me up we make the best ones I was gonna <laughs> that was
0: gonna be my next question so what is the watch that you recommend for people but uh yeah i um Check it out. I think Cor- I actually got my boyfriend a coral watch for his birthday nice. uh, n- two years years—well, his like not this last year, two years ago. And uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like waiting for my watch to kind of die so that I can go and move into Coral's watch. Yes. Uh, check it out, guys. Check out Shelby. She's going to be running the Speed Project next week. She starts Monday. You can check out her Instagram. Um, i 'll be tagging her as well, and you know check out she has a lot of cons she's in, she even has her website that she kind of lights out the things that she 's done and she 's an open book so um, if you're interested in doing any fkts or you know kind of digging I know we didn't go too in a lot because there's just so much that you 've accomplished Shelby, and I feel like we can be here like all day um talking about like the details of everything, but really like guys, like reach out to Shelby send her a dm she was really nice when I reached out to her uh, so I had a good positive experience reaching out <laughs> to shelby <laughs> um, yeah do it and, uh, yeah thank you everyone who joined us today again this is the she runs trails podcast um you know the main purpose of this podcast is to inspire empower and educate more women to get out on the trails and and today we had shelby so thank you so much shelby for joining me today and for sharing so much knowledge um, it was really a great honor to have you today and uh I can't wait to see you crush it next week. Thank you. I'm
1: excited. Thank you for talking to me. I think that uh, there's probably only one thing that's just as good as running, and it's talking about running. So (laughs) I'm I'm
0: always here to talk about running. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shelby. Well, everyone, have a wonderful night, and see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Daisy. Yeah, you're welcome.